The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Okay, everybody. If you could, uh, if you can just take your seats. If you could just take your seats. I've just had another prayer request here, which is which is important for us to pray for just now. So before we talk about anything else, I just want to pray for this. Sylvia Hare, her mum, sorry, Elaine, who is here, her mum, Sylvia Hare, she says this, I'm praying for my mother who is in hospital, who has suffered a stroke. God bless her and the, the, all the doctors involved with her, with her care in Rygate Hospital. So she's had a stroke. Now we know exactly... That, that just means, well, we don't know exactly what it means, but we know we need to pray. So can we just stand and pray for Sylvia Hare? She's had a stroke in Rygate Hospital, and we're asking that God would come and touch her and move upon her life and also in Elaine's life, her daughter. So let's pray for her now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Sylvia Hare to you. We ask, oh God, that in the midst of this turmoil, with this stroke, oh God, you will show yourself to be the Almighty One. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for healing and we pray for strength, Lord. We pray, Father, that in that hospital in Rygate, the glory of God would break out and that, Father, your presence would come upon Sylvia. Father, we pray that you would encourage and strengthen her. Lord, that you would release her, Father, from every inflammation in the brain, Father, everything, oh God, that has been brought problems through this stroke, we pray. May it be returned to normal function in Jesus' name. We proclaim blessing over this dear lady and her family. For your glory, Lord, we ask it. Amen. Amen. Please do sit down. Hallelujah. Now, I just want to bring to your attention next weekend, we have another one of these times of consecration for us, 36 hours of continuous prayer from 8 o'clock on Friday, this Friday, 8 o'clock on Friday evening through to 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. So over this next weekend, 36 hours of prayer. That prayer will take place in 12 different prayer watches of three hours a time. So in other words, we come at 8 o'clock on Friday evening and the first prayer watch will finish at 11. A number of you will have experienced this from the previous time of consecration that we had. And so this is an important time for us. There is one of these sheets at the back which will show to you all the prayer times, when they are, what numbers they are, and all that sort of thing, who's leading them, just so you know in your mind, okay, that's when they're starting, that's when they're finishing. I want to encourage you to make this a priority. I've termed it a time of consecration, because that's what it is. Consecration is when we make ourselves available to God. And there's no doubt that when you're praying for that length of time, I know the first thing you think, like, oh my goodness. But in actual fact, the time will go, and God will meet with us. I know he will meet with us. But it's as we allow him space, he can do things in our lives. So things will happen, things will shift over this weekend as we come before God. It starts at 8 o'clock, as I say, on Friday evening. As many of you as possible, come along to the first time, this first one. Come along, get involved in that. We're going to have a similar structure to last time. We will be reading the Bible together. 
We will be worshipping and we will be praying. So that will take place over the course of each three-hour session. So each three-hour session will have a start and an end, and then the next one will begin, and so on, until we go right through the weekend. Now, for the first one, so on Friday evening, obviously you can come in through the, the front door as usual. And that will be the same as for the 8 o'clock on Saturday morning, so at the normal time for our prayer meeting, and then again the last one. But otherwise, all entry will be via these doors here. And the simple reason for that is that if we have the front doors open, then people wander in and all sorts of things happen, and we don't want that. We don't want to be distracted. We want to be prayerful and we want to be focused. So if you suddenly come and you think, oh, I can't get in, just come, down to, the do come to the side of the church, to these doors, just knock on those doors, and someone will let you in. There will be somebody here, so don't worry about that. There'll be somebody here who can let you in, and just so you enjoy that time together. So a sheet here for you. It gives all the information. It just reminds you about what I've said. It says bring a Bible with you so that you can listen, you can join in, you can read yourself if you want to as we have those times. But let's just come and use this time because God is going to meet with us and he is going to help us. Prayer is essential in the kingdom of God. It's, it's not just one of the things that you could do. It is essential for the moving of God's spirit in our lives. And so we're making space and saying, right, come and get involved with this. If you, if you want to, take one of these, or even take a sheet and say, right, yeah, I'm going to be at that one, I'm going to be at that one. You can leave it here. If you want to say, like, I'm making a stand, you can make a decision, or take it back with you, and work out how it fits in with your diary over the weekend. But I really want to encourage you to be at these times, so that you can also spend time in God's presence, and that you can be part of this time of consecration. So that's next week, and these are on the information desk, so please do take one of those, so you've got all the information you need for that 36-hour prayer time. Okay, now it's a privilege for us to be able to have Charles Kaiwa come and minister to us this morning. Charles, come up here. Charles, I have known since 2000, for the last 17 years, because we met in Africamp in Uganda. You better stand there, otherwise it looks very much like... Yeah, well, that's, that's, uh, I'll tell you what, you stand there and I'll stand there. That's better. Uh, uh, so, you see, like, yeah, you see. Uh, we, met, we met in Africamp in 2000. And the truth is, we've both known difficulties since that time, the trials of working with God. I know that Charles has. He's living over here, but just recently, actually, he has gone back and he's spending a longer period of time in Uganda praying and seeking God for how God can help us in this nation and how God can move in the nation of Uganda. So he comes out of the time of the revival in Uganda, when the churches were not praying and then they found we have to pray so that God will move in this nation. So he is carrying a testimony of that and the work that God has done, but I believe that God is at work and we've just been renewing our friendship when he's over here um, rather than being in Uganda and I asked him to come and share with us this morning. So please receive Charles and his wife is here as well, Mabel. We don't often see you, Mabel, because I know you're busy, so it's great to have you both here and we welcome you amongst us this morning. So God bless you. Let's receive Charles. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. <clears throat> I want you to make me feel at home. Hallelujah. Let me enjoy myself as we enjoy God together. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't try to intimidate me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful to, to be here again. This is my second time. Remember the last time we were here, and also we used to come here for Friday nights and uh, uh, try to pray together and reignite you. 
And this is my lovely wife, who has endured and stood up with me for the last 20 years. Uh, on 20, 21st, 21st uh, December, we celebrated our anniversary. And uh, January, we got our first grandchild. Amen. <laughs> so we are in, our, in, in Uganda, we call Jaja, meaning grand grandfather or grandmother. So we are Jajas. <laughs> I'm so excited to be able to share. It's quite a lot of stuff that I'm so full in my spirit that I feel to share with you. But uh, like always, they say, I'm going to give you the headlines because there's quite a lot that we can't go deep in everything. But um, I want to do the justice to the text that God has put on my heart. I mainly, I want us to look at the why we pray and the how we pray. Uh, those are the key things that I thought that will go in and uh, along the way we'll share some testimonies and allow God to speak in our lives. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, to move upon our hearts. Make them tender this morning. The Lord, we can be receptive to what you want to speak to us. Lord, I ask you, move upon me and let your anointing permeate through this room. And Lord, catch and touch your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, there is something that I wanted the media to project in a short time. But I want us to, first of all, to approach God when God created man. Why did God create man in the first place? That is very key to understand. Because the moment you fail to come into that place with God, you fail to unlock this. Sometimes it's a mystery to most of us concerning prayer. Prayer really, it's a relationship. Prayer, we need to look at it in these three words. Relationship, fellowship, and uh, communi communication. We need to understand those. But before we go there, I want us to come to God when God created man. And, and, and I, want, I want to project, uh, let me ask my brother over there to project this first thing. Um, can you project that one so that... Okay, I want you to look there. Uh, where you see the light, that is the throne of God. That is where the throne of God is. And those are the 24 elders. And before God, they are the four living creatures. I want to speak from there. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Now, when God decided to create man, Man is a unique species. Man is extraordinarily important to God. Man is like no any other. When God was creating all the things that he was creating, he looked at those four creatures. The Bible says, before the throne of God, that is Revelation chapter 4, there are four living creatures. And these living creatures, each one of them has a resemblance. The Bible says one looks like a human being, one looks like a, 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 a cow, another looks like an eagle, and another looks like a lion. So when God was creating, he looked, and when you see from Genesis chapter 1 going down, you see God creating the things. And most of all the things, we see them in pictures. But when it came to man, hallelujah, 
Say, when it came to man, God didn't look anywhere else. He looked into himself. Uh oh. I need, I need to come here. You see, all the things that we see, God created, all these living creatures, the Bible says they have eyes all over them. When they want to turn, they don't need to turn because they have, they have six wings. All these living creatures are before the throne of God. We have these elders which the, the Bible speaks about. But when God came to man, he looked in himself. You are from God. God drew you from him. You are not like any other thing. We need to understand who we are and whose we are. That is very key. That's why God is so mindful of us. And when he created us, the Bible says he took Adam. Adam is not a name. Adam is, in the Hebrew, is red soil. Can I have someone? Can I, I want to kill someone here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, praise God. Can you lay down and look up? Lay down. Yeah, lay down. On Amen. I want you to look here. When God created, the Bible says he took Adam. Adam is ready, so, and he squeezed Adam. Amen. When he squeezed it, this was the, what, the thing he had squeezed or created And then it is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 5, when he comes back, and the Bible says he took his nostrils and breathed in him the breath of life. That was not the Holy Spirit. That was not the Spirit of God. He breathed in the breath of life. The breath of God is life itself. How many of you have breath? Some of you smells. But God's breath is life. Are you with me? God's breath is life. The moment he breathed in him, the moment the breath of life hit the soil, this was Adam, the soil. It formed the soul, and man became a living soul. That is key. As you follow me, I need you to catch the spirit of the heart and catch the soul because the two are very important in your prayer life. The moment he breathed in him, the the breath of life hit the soul and the soul was formed. Okay? But God breathed in him his spirit. And it was from so man live has is in three forms. He has a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. This is not him. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. But before he goes, that is the problem. Most of us we look at him and what is your name, sir? Samuel. Samuel. And we think this is Samuel. Even the, the wife can look at her and thinks this is Samuel. But he, they have never met you. And sometimes you have never met yourself. The day you meet you, you run away from you. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. Are you with me? Samuel, the real Samuel is inside here. This is just a casket. This is just a house. This is just a body. Now, if we want to pray and connect with God, we need to come back to the person God created, to the one God breathed in. That's what we deal with. And that's how we begin to understand prayer. Thank you so much. Okay. Now, as God created us, 
and formed us in his image and in his likeness. The spirit God created is the one which connects with God. It is the one which goes back to God. It is the one which communes with God. It is the one which God wants to fellowship with. One of the questions most of the time I ask, what was the first altar? The, many times when you read in the, in, in the scriptures, you come to Genesis chapter 6, and in Genesis chapter 6, you hear after, after the, the flood, and no built an altar unto God. When he built an altar unto God, that's almost the first mention of an altar. But that's not the first altar. And what is an altar? It is important for each one of us to understand the essence of an altar. A place of, an altar is a place where spirits meet. God is a spirit. And he created us as spirit. So the first altar was between God and man. Before man sinned, the Bible says Adam was able to name every animal, everything that was there. He was able to name it. But what was their meeting place? Their meeting place was on a place called an altar. So the spirit came and meet at that place of an altar. So God had an, and most of the time I ask myself, did Adam need to pray? It's a question. Did Adam need to pray? Was there any need for Adam to pray? No. What did he need? He needed fellowship. God wants to build a relationship with you. What we lacked, what we lost was a relationship. On that altar, Man and God comes and meet at the altar and they fellowship. They relate. What we need to bring back if we want to birth a spiritual prayer is a relationship. Once we don't have a relationship, because most of the time we are just like, we take God like a Tesco's or Sainsbury. Come to shop in. Come to pick what we want. It is not like that. God loves you so much. So, so, so much that he decided to die for you. Because he loved a relationship. Uh, there is in, in, in vernacular, in my language, there is a word, but I'm, I'm going to try to translate it. Um, how, how do you say kwana? Court, courtship? Is it? Okay, courtship. Okay, how many of you have befriended? Not befriended. I'm looking for the English word. I'm not English. Okay. <laughs> This is my wife. Hallelujah. Come on, stand up, darling. So, when we first met, there was this thing. We met in church, actually. So we, we, this thing of connecting, trying. Amen? You, how many of you girls, men, have ever approached you? How many of you have ever? How, how do you? Give me a word. Quoting. Is it quoting? Okay. How, how many of you have ever quoted? Okay. So you, because that, that's how why you are here. <laughs> okay. So once we met, there is this thing. Always she, she, she tells me, we need to go back to that. You remember the time when you were on the phone and you took so long on the phone and you kept, and you, and you kept telling me, hang up and, 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 and you don't want to hang up. You, you, because I remember I, was, I, I used to say, hang up. And I said, no, you hang up first. Hang. You remember that? <laughs> You remember that? 
Let me tell you, all these things, most of the time we think we are the one who, who invented this courtship thing. God ha, is a master of romance. God is the master of romance. How many of you have ever read in Songs of Solomon? In Songs of Solomon, chapter 3, he says, where is he, the one I love? Where will I find him? My heart skips when I see him. God is talking about a romantic way. He's talking about how we can relate with him. He loves us so much that he wants us to come back into his bosom that we can be able to enter into a relationship. That is where the key begins. That's where prayer is. It has to be a relationship. We have to build that relationship. And we have lost that because the people who teach us, most of the time I have followed certain men whom I have worked with and I desired so much to, to pray as they pray. But one of the things they don't tell you, they don't tell you the building blocks where they begin to build that relationship, where the, the, the yearning, the crying that brings them into that depth of growing in the relationship. But you and me, we can build a relationship. It begins with a courtship. Most of the time I tell people, you don't love God. We love God because of the things that we want to get from, from him. But once you love somebody, once you really love somebody, you relate with him. Relationship goes far deeper. All the things we have them with us, there is a relationship and communion. The word communion is where we get the word communication. To communicate. Uh, can I borrow a phone? <laughs> How many of you have phones? Show me your phones. Okay. <laughs> okay, you see, you have a phone. Now, when in, uh, unlike in, here in Europe, in Uganda, these days I've, I've been so much in Uganda, my wife sometimes, she calls me. When she calls me, you have to look for network. And, and huh? sorry, the signal. Okay. And she calls and says, darling, hello, are you there? And say, hello. Hello, because, because, she's going to, <laughs> because she's going to read me a number for money, and I'm, I don't have money. So I need to get the signal. So I keep on looking. We live on a high hill. I keep on looking, and I can't find. And sometimes, hello, and you stay there, because that's where the signal, you, you have caught the signal. You don't want to lose the signal. And she's giving you the number. I say, what is the number? It is HW. Two, seven, three. What did you say? You don't want to move. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Because we need to look for the signal. There is a place in God where God is calling you and where God is desiring you to be so that once you get the signal, you stay where God is speaking, where God is saying something. And those are the key things. And it becomes, comes out of this relationship that you have nurtured, that you have grown into, that you have been able to polish and come through and begin. Most of the time when he comes in Africa, how many of you have come to Africa? You have been, you, 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 when, when you walk around, especially in the night, you hear the bushes talking. <laughs> People in the bushes talking. 
And people are trying to connect with God. They are trying to be able to have that signal that God is hearing them. God is listening to them and they can commune with them. That is key. Those are very key things that you need to nurture in the beginning. The third one is fellowship. We have, our, our, in my vernacular, we have, uh, the Bible says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the what? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Most of the time what I have found out, we, like we are here, we, we call this fellowship. Not so? That this is a fellowship. But fellowship, in my language, it goes deeper. It, we call it like breathing together. The best person would be my wife anyway. <laughs> when we come in fellowship, fellowship is so deep intrinsically that we come to such a position when we breathe together. You understand? Hallelujah. Because the Bible says what? It says the fellowship is what? Of the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh. Did you hear me? He says that the, the, the grace of what? Of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is of Jesus. Grace is Jesus is the one who loved you so much. But the love is of God. But when it comes to fellowship, you need to understand how you breathe together, that you understand the heart of God, where God is taking you, what God wants to do, what is it that God wants to do in your nation, in your area, in your, in, in, in your home, in your household, among your children. All these things matter to God, and God wants to lead you step by step in each and every area. So you need to understand how you breathe in together with him. You hear him. That's why you hear David is saying that at all times when David was moving, he could not move or go to attack without asking God, should I attack or not? And you begin to wonder, most of us, we wonder, how come this man could be able to, to sensitively hear God? And we need to come back to that place to understand that we can move on the command of God as he begins to command us that we can begin to move. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, that is the headline. Praise God. I just wanted to give you a preamble so that we can understand that prayer basically it comes from God. It is of God. And out of God. In fact, God desires more of you to come before him so that God can, because God created you for a purpose. You are here for a purpose. Each one of us, we have a destiny. And the unique thing about a destiny, the moment you fail to understand that, that what is my destiny, why am I here? Most of us, we have never unlocked the mystery of why am I here? And it cannot, the answer is only in God. There is a purpose why. The beauty of that is this. When a woman comes in intercourse with a man and a woman, they come in intercourse, um, it's said, scientifically, a man releases what? Ha, a million sperms. Not so? Correct me if I'm right. Amen? Whoa. Tell your neighbor a million sperms. Come on, don't be so holy. Praise God. Amen. You are trying to be so holy. That's how much he's released. Amen. If he releases a million sperms and you are the one who swam 
and hit the ovary of your mother and you are here, the devil has no power over you. You won the first battle. You didn't hear me. You, that, that will lose you. That will set you free. Because among the million, you are the one who swam and hit the over of your mother. And you are here. If you are here, there is a purpose and a reason why you are here. You have to find that purpose. God has a destiny in your life. And for your life. Hallelujah. And that is what the devil fights against. Because he couldn't kill you when you were still here. Some of you, that's why we end up being hit. Like me, my mother dropped me on the street. Lucky enough, she was good enough that she dropped me on the street of near my daddy's shop. That's, that's how he helped me. And my daddy took me to, to his mom. And my, my grandma raised me. But unfortunately, I was raised near an uncle who is the brother of my daddy who was a witch doctor. And highly powerful witch doctor. And I grew up in a shrine. I grew up in ancestral spirits and powers. Why? When I, grew, I, I, I came to the Lord, I realized the enemy was trying to kill my destiny. That's why most of us, the circumstances that surround us, the enemy is against the destiny of why God put you here. That's what he's against. And you have the power to reclaim it back. And that power, the moment you find God, that's when God is calling you, come back to me. The beauty of God is that you are not the one who seeks God first. God is the one who seeks you first. You remember when God comes to Abraham? Abraham was in witchcraft. Abraham was in idol worshiping. Abraham didn't know God. He was in out of Chaldean in Mesopotamia where they were worshiping the moon, the stars, and the sun. And God comes to him and messes up his life. He comes and says, I need you, follow me. <laughs> and Adam, Abraham started following him. He started following God. And God, God is amazing. He started following, and when he reached there, now you, now you seek me. Did you hear that? God, after that, after he has got you out, then he says, seek me. Now I'm going to take you to the journey of how we seek the Lord. The problem of the church that I have found out is not that we haven't prayed. Hear from me. People in Uganda can pray. I've been to America, I've been to Sweden, to most of areas. When, you, when they, they say you are coming from Uganda, the first question, teach us how to pray. But recently, because I, be, I, I live in Europe, recently I started going back home and I started seeing how much people pray. And the, the volume of prayer is like this. The results are so minimal. And I said, something is wrong. Sometimes you need to be in Uganda on a Friday night. Because Friday, it is an outing. Once you go in club, people go to pray. But sometimes when you, we, we, like I told you, we live on a hill. 
Sometimes you hear prayer. Robo shakanda rondo It's like a fire. God and say, God answer them. What I might say, God, you have to answer them. The people can pray, but the results are so minimal. Then I started to say, Lord, why? What is wrong? Then I began to realize the problem is not about praying. And in Uganda, we have got answers, not because of prayer only, but because the times when we started seeking God. But the problem is that most of the time we ha you have heard about the results in Uganda, it is because of when God pushed us to the wall. You hear me? Amen. Amen. I don't want God to push you to the wall. I want you to find God before God pushes you to the wall. In Uganda, it's as a result of the, of the wars you have had. After the war, then we had a scourge of AIDS. All, all these things have caused us to come to the Lord and seek him. And whenever we sought him, we got an answer. God turned around. Revival started moving. Whenever, but we did it after we were pushed on the wall. Now we are living in a time of abundance, social media, everything. We, Uganda is one of the most copycat nations I've ever seen. If someone wears this, you, you, are, you are bound to find people. If you are in a green suit, you are bound to find people in a green suit. Because everyone wants to copy everything. If everyone is buying a Lexus, everyone wants to buy a Lexus. And you ask, why? why? Why are you not creative enough, innovative enough to be you? That's the problem that people still have. But God is raising up a generation. A people, when we begin to understand, it's about seeking the Lord and coming before him in seeking him with all our hearts. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, let me give you a few of these things. Maybe Pastor, uh, Pastor Jonathan, I'll give him. Relationship, man, let, let me start off with the relationship. Um, relationship, it's upon this relationship that we begin to seek him. First, the one who first sought us. Relationship is the key that motivates us to seek after God. If we don't cultivate this relationship with God, it becomes hard and hard for us to begin to come before him. You come before God just because you love him. Just because he deserves that. It is about that relationship. When you have a relationship, and, and uh, the, 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 the more I put in, in, in my wife, attending uh, to her, the more she brings back to me. So I have to cultivate that relationship. There are so many ways that we can learn on cultivating that. The same way you nurture any relationship, whether of a girlfriend or a boyfriend, whether a husband or a wife, that is the way we nurture a relationship with God. And we build such a relationship that God, we may be able to connect with him. A relationship is a connection which results in belonging together in, a, a, in some unique and recognizable way that you can begin to be together with God. There's a time when, when I remember, <clears throat> uh, I used, when I was growing up, I used to see these people, these couples who have grown up so much together and because they have been so much together, time comes and they say, did you marry your sister or your brother? They, they, you, you look so much alike. People have begun, 
uh, I'm, I'm short. They began to, to call me that we are, Mabel is my sister. Because a relationship is a significant connection which results in a mutual identification. The more you identify with God, the more you relate with God, there is a unique and recognizable way that comes that you identify with him. The things that are of him begins to be the things of you. Because when we are praying, it is not about us. Can you tell your neighbor for me, when you pray, it's not about you. Or, or you didn't. I need a live chat. Tell your neighbor for me, when you pray, it is not about you. It is about the purposes of God. God wants to do something in your area, in your family. He wants to do things, and it's about him and him alone, the things that he wants to bring forth. And we need to begin to nurture that. We are so selfish. We think it's always about us. And we have missed the bigger picture of God and what God wants to do. Amen? So we go back to that relationship. Quickly, because of time, I'm going to skip quite a number of things so that I can bring you to, let us go to um, uh, my favorites, First Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 19. First Chronicles. Are you there? First Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 19. Um, the Bible says here, Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Are you there? Yes. Amen. Amen. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Therefore arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and, and the holy articles of God into the house that is to be built for the name of the Lord. Now, these words were spoken by David. David had a yearning and a desire to build God a house, a place, a dwelling place. That was one of the, the honest things that God, David craved for. But in chapter 21, you hear a dialogue when God is talking to David and telling David, David, you are a man of war. You have waged so many wars. I will not allow you to build me a house. I found myself a son who is a child of rest, and him will build me a house. And now, David, having known that God has passed of him, and gone to the son, David goes to his son. These words are spoken by David to Solomon. And here, listen to what he's telling him. He's telling him, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. David knew what it takes to walk with God. David had seen God doing the miraculous, the great exploits in his life because David had a relentless pursuit of God. He knew how to walk with God. And he was telling his son, if you are going to be successful, you need to set your heart and your soul and seek this man, if he is a man. You need to seek this God. And that's why he says, no, only do you seek him, but you need to build him a sanctuary. You need to build him a house, a dwelling place, 
where he will come and abide. And after you have done that, then you have to bring the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament represented the presence of God that there is no way you are going to win over without the presence of God. And it begins with seeking. It begins with seeking and goes into a building, a sanctuary. When David talks about a sanctuary in Psalms 27, let us quickly go there. Psalms 27. I jumped myself. Hallelujah. Psalms 27. Yeah. Therefore, arise and build a sanctuary to the Lord. Uh, Listen to what David is saying in Psalms 27. Says, One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David knew what it means to, to build God a sanctuary, that there is a place that you have to come to. I remember the story when David wanted so much, craved, it was such like a craving to have the, the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, because most of the time, whenever he was going to do stuff, he had to inquire of the Lord. Now, it came when David was about to be inaugurated to become the, the, in, the, in the city of David, to become king, and uh, David knew that for me to be able to reign, I need the presence. Remember the story when, when David, they tried to bring the presence of God in, into the city of, of David and they put it on, the, on, the, on a cart. The, 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 the streets there were like the streets in Uganda. They had full of pitholes. Potholes? Potholes? Oh, they were full of potholes. And they were, you knew definitely that the, if that it, it's put on a cart, it's going to stagger because of the potholes. Now, God kills these two people because they are trying to steady the, the presence of God. David said, how can you do that? David was so angry. He couldn't understand why. But the Bible says they took the ark and put it in a house of Obedidom. Obedidom was a Hittite. He didn't have any inheritance among the children of God, but they put the presence there. The presence of God does irrespective of who you are. The moment it is in your place, it will, be, it will bless you. Then David began to hear that, do you understand what God has done for Obedidom? Obedidom, everything is being blessed. Whatever he touches is being blessed. Why? Because the Ark of the Covenant was now residing David is saying, no one can do that. Only my God. And I need him to come in my house. Uh -uh, I didn't hear you. Amen. David is saying, if God has done that and I've known what he has been doing all the time, I need him. He said, whatever it takes. Tell your neighbor for me, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. David said, the other time we didn't dance good enough. The instruments were not better enough. But this time we are going to put on a show. He put on a show. He danced to the extent that when the wife saw him, what was the wife? Ma? Micah? When he saw him, David said, the Bible says he danced until he, he was left in boxers. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that says he danced until he, he was left 
in the box, the boxers. He does so much because he knew what it takes. He knew what it means to have the presence of God. Many the problem of us today, we don't know how sweet the presence of God is. We don't know how to crave for the presence of God. I tell you, let me give you a testimony. When I came to the Lord, usually we say with my wife, we stumbled in. God moved in our nation at a time when Idi Amin was killing people. This was a time we had a generation during that time when, because I came to the Lord at the age of 17, I was still in school, and someone just met me on the road and said, told me, there's a man who prays for you. When he prays for you, you get everything you want. I said, are you sure? I had a pen pull, and I was doing German in my school. And I said, I have a pen, but I want to go to German. I said, when they pray for me, will I go to Germany? He said, yes. I said, here we go. He said, well, I meet you in the morning and we'll go there. So we went there. When we went there, the miracles, the one of the things that I saw, miracles are taking place life, left, right, and center. The man could show you, see you a moment and speak everything in your life. He, he, the moment I came before him, he said, your uncle is a, a witch doctor. All those kind of stuff. And I said, how did he know? Because he thinks he knew all the stuff about me. So we stumbled in this thing. That is how the move of God started to bath. And people, because we were bathed into the presence of God, we yearned. And most of the time I did, we didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. I remember people used to do... <laughs> When the Holy Spirit comes down upon them, there was all these kind of things. And then we used to think that you have to do the same so that the, because we didn't know. But, but we craved so much because we knew that the, once the presence comes upon you, that things will change. We knew that things are going to be better because during that time we didn't have like, like the needful things like soap like sugar, all the things that were not in existence. The country was broken. So now here we are. Uh, we, we come to a God who miraculously do, do things in people's lives. We see the blind see, the lame walk. We see the people with polio are healed and, and, and with all these miracles happening. I say, everyone, that's why people are talking so much about you. It was because everyone craved for the presence. We wanted each time to be in the presence. And the beauty that one of the most signs people were so amazed with was during that time, the soldiers were killing people. But this place, it was like it was condoned off. The soldiers could not, if it was like there was a war, they could not enter the place. Those who dared to come, they could come in, drink some water from the, there was a cross in, in, in the yard, drink some water, and then they go. So most of the people, during the evening, you run so fast and go to the place. And the man of God used to tell us, we used to say, oh, I, I need my sister to get saved, but she's refused. He said, just bring her. The moment she steps in here, she'll be saved. And it happened. You just people, no preaching, I just carry you, and the moment you step on that ground, you are saved. That's so. Things were happening. So, we began 
to yearn for the presence. This is what I'm telling you about David. David had walked with God. He knew what the presence meant. The problem today, we have not experienced the presence of God. We need to cry out and call the presence of God. The moment you walk in the presence of God, <laughs> the moment you begin, you, there is a yearn which pushes you. People want and say, people going in, in the nice on the mountain to pray because what people desire is to dwell in that presence is to be in that presence. That's what David was saying to his son, Solomon, set your heart and your soul and seek the Lord your God. No, tell me that build him a sanctuary. Build him a dwelling place. Covet for him so that he can dwell with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you still there? Amen. Praise yeah, God. <laughs> Praise God. So once, once the presence comes, and we can draw that. Don't push this thing and say it is for Africa. I hate to hear that. <laughs> people begin to say, most of you Europeans, white people begin to say, oh, you Africans, oh, because oh, you had problems. No, God is the God of all. He's not God of Africa. He's not God of the white. He's God of all. You are the one who started this thing. It was your problem. You came to us and you told us about this God. It is your problem. Amen. Now don't tell us that it's only now working in Africa. God is working here also. It's only that we need to pay the price. There's so many things that also are distracting you and hindering you to push yourself in. Yes, in Africa, in all these areas, most because of the impoverished, because of the poverty, and because of this pushes people more to God. But also you have the same. Yes, amen. We have the same here. Yes, Why don't we use them and say, Lord, we need you to intervene. Amen. We need you to calm down. Enough is enough. Yeah. Are you happy with everything that is surrounding you? Are you happy with the gangs and the children knifing each other? Are you happy with that? No. Can't we rise up on that and say, Lord, we need you to intervene? And those who draw him, his presence will come. Amen. He will come. You don't need something with like which happened in Africa or in Uganda or, or a dictator to come. There will never be a dictator in, Euro, in, in, in London. There will never be rise up a president or a prime minister who is going to dictate over you. The problem also, you, you rights. Praise God. Hallelujah. We need to come before God and, and, and say, Lord, what is it? In fact, when I was sharing with Pastor Jonathan, I was telling him, the moment we, we, we go back to Uganda, we are going to be together in Uganda, I don't want him to come to listen because we have been together in, with him. Come, going to Africa camp to come to listen, to come to listen to preachers, that is gone. Pastor Jonathan, we're not going to do that. We go, we are going to seek God. We need a strategy that is going to change Bromley. We need to hide ourselves away and ask God, why? Because every place has a DNA. And once you come before God, God is going to give you a strategy of how to approach. Lewisham is different from Blomley. The devils that are around in this place are different from those who are attacking Lewisham. 
So once you come, you come for this area of Bromley. The moment you get a breakthrough, God is going to be able to stretch you beyond because you cry out for strategy. And those are the key things that have given us answers in Uganda or in Africa in most of these areas because they look for strategies and God begins to move quickly because of time. My God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, let, let me quickly share this because I, we don't have so much time. Um, I, I want to, to, to show you the tabernacle. Can we go, go down, brother? On a, yes, there. Okay. Uh, be, before there, can you go a little bit up on the notes? I just want to start somewhere on the notes and take you into the tabernacle. because of it. Now, this where it says, abide in me and my word abide in you. Start on John chapter 15. Can you open John chapter 15, please? I told you I can't uh, kind of, I was giving, giving you the headlines, praise God, trying to tie things together because each topic has a way to move in. Amen. John chapter 15, beginning from verse 7, uh, it says, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you may bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now, when you, you study this word, it says, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. We need the word of God. Yeah. Amen? This abiding is also the relationship. You have to be in him and his word. When we pray, we are praying the word. So, but how do we begin to perfect this as we walk with God. Now, in the Old Testament, Jesus said something. He said the scripture in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, he said, ask. Amen? Yes. Can we say together? Ask, ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be do what? Opened unto you. What Jesus was really teaching was teaching about the Old Testament principle. The Old Testament principle was about the tabernacle. This place over here which you see was the tabernacle in the, in the, in the Old Testament. In the tabernacle, all those huts you see, the tribes of Israel had to sit, around, had to camp around the courtyard. That courtyard where the presence of the Lord came and stood, every one of them, they camped around the presence of God. God wants to draw us to himself, wants to bring us to where he is. And what this is a picture of him showing us how we can come to him. Now, this asking level is where most of us have been stuck. In Psalms, Psalms 24 and verse 3, David says something very powerful. He says, who will ascend the hill of the Lord? When you begin to pursue God, it is a journey. It's not a quick fix. He talks about ascending. Ascending tells you that if you are ascending, it is a hill. It is something, it's going to be mountainous. He said, who will ascend the mountain or the hill of the Lord and stand in his holy place? And he says, he who have not sworn deceitfully, he will be able to stand there, praise God. But what he was talking about, he will, 
Can you go on the second one? He was talking about the three levels that we need when we are seeking God. And I'm going to show you where most of us are praying from. In the first level, that is called the courtyard. This is the asking level. Most of us, we are on this level of asking. And when you ask, you receive. But ask is for petty things. Now, I found out most of in Africa, we still ask for food. Here, you have food in the fridge. And you throw away food. What you're throwing away, people survive on it. You understand? Yes. Different levels? Yes. Hallelujah. So now you yourself say, how can a person be asking for food? Because your level is different. But most of you also, you are still on the asking. On the asking in the courtyard, every year, the children of Israel had it appear in, in Jerusalem. When they came, they came with gods to atone for their sins. And when they came, they came to this place called the courtyard. In the courtyard where you see these animals, just a few of them, they brought their animals and you put your hands on the animal and they slaughter the animal to take your place, signifying the death of Jesus Christ, the way he was going to die for us. And all these things in here, there is so much that goes on. Everyone comes, oh, he, did, he took my thing. It is the asking level. It is the beginning. Amen? But God wants us to go on the next level. We have been praying. That's what I've been telling people in Uganda also. You, you have been praying. But God wants you to seek him. To start seeking him. To get away from just asking and begin to seek the Lord. Are you with me? So now, the next level, the level, go, go quickly on the next level. My time is up. Hurry up. <laughs> My time. Now, the, the next level is what we call the, ask, the seeking level. The seeking level requires that a person, you begin to seek with the heart. It is where we have the holy place. In this place, there are three, three principles. In the, there's the court, there is this uh, world, the, the, the veil which Jesus Christ, when he died, the veil, the veil was separated and then we can be able to come in. Then we see the lampstand and we see the, the, the showbread and then we see the, the altar of incense. This place is the holy place. People who go there, you go there to seek because you seek him in the word. The, the lampstand represented the Holy Spirit, which was illuminating upon the bread of life. And the bread is Jesus, and you need the bread. Once you go before God, you go to seek him in his word, that the word may speak to you, that he may give you the strategy of which is going to help you to Unlock the things that have been bound. And people here, when we just begin to pray, we, we, we are limiting ourselves because also in prayer, you don't use the, the Holy Spirit. But once you go there, you begin to use the Holy Spirit. You begin to understand the power of praying in the Spirit and praying with other tongues. And the moment you begin to come into that place, the things begin to bubble and bubbleize and come out of you. And God begins to release the rema and the things. That's why God wants us to go in that level to begin to seek him. And the last one is the knocking level. Once we begin to go in the Shekinah glory 
of the Lord, where the presence of God is so tangible, and God begins to draw us into his very presence. Praise God. Hallelujah. You made me just keep on jumping, and, but that is what I was able to share. Praise the Lord. May God bless you so much. Can we stand up on our feet? Praise God. Hallelujah. We have had a number of words here and there. I, be, I believe that God has pricked your heart somewhere. There's something that God has spoken into your heart. And I'm asking you, I'm imploring you, latch on what God has dropped in your spirit. Latch on that word. My heart's desire today was that God may build, you may begin to build a relationship with God. You may come into that courtship. God loves you so much that he desires that we may begin to relate with him. Don't just casually come before God. Come to him because he loves you. And I want you to use that and say, Lord, I've been on this asking level. I need you to take me to the place of seeking where I begin to yearn for you because we seek with the heart and with the soul. That's what David told his son. I want you every eye closed. Every eye closed. I don't know about you, but whether it is in your family, whether it is with your children, whether it has upgraded to your nation, to your community, to the area where you are. We need to see a change. We need to see God begin to move. But it, it begins with the people whose heart's desire is yearning and say, Lord, enough is enough. We need a change. People who are ready to pay the price. People who are going to say, we need God to move in this land once again. And God desires to move. There is no nation that God desires to move in like this nation of Britain who paid a huge price to take the word of God to the nations as it were. Now let us come back and say, Lord, anoint us once again. One more time, anoint us, O oh God. Begin to lift your voice and begin to say to God, let your heart be poured out and say, Lord, Move among us, O oh God. Move upon me, O oh Lord. For the sake, for your name's sake, O oh God. For your name's sake. Not for you, but for the God is for his name's sake. Because he's the one who has the power. He has a purpose. What and why he wants to do what he wants to do in that area. Move upon us, O oh God. For the sake of this area of Bromley. For the people of this area, Lord, move upon us, O oh God. One more time, God can begin to arise. Stir us up. Stir our hearts, O oh God. Stir us up, O oh Lord. Let God begin to arise within you and let such a fervency within you, God, to birth something. When you are, when you are honest with yourself, God will begin to stir up on your heart, on the inside of you. Father, as we come before you today, we cry out, O oh God, and ask of thee, O oh God, begin to move upon our hearts, O oh Lord. Lord, we have not been true to ourselves. We come not because we love you, but Lord, we ask of you today, 
bring us back into that relationship, a father-son relationship. Father, when you came to us, you ceased to be our God and became God the Father. <coughs> so as our God the Father, we ask of you, O Lord, let your anointing, Lord, the anointing of yearning, the anointing of persevering, the anointing of desiring you that come upon us, O God, as we begin to go in 36 days of prayer, of consecration. Let our lives be consecrated unto you. Let us be consecrated, set apart for you, O God, that you begin to speak into our lives, O God. Tell God, here I am. It is me, O God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me, as we finish, let me challenge you with one thing. Can, can you put the volume down a bit, please? Just give me a, a few minutes. I want, to, I want to see those people. Because sometimes we can rush into things. We have programs and all that. And I respect that. But I want to see those people who really, this word has touched you and you really need God to move you to the next level in your prayer life. I want to see the hands of those people who say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. I want you, Lord, to, the Lord to move upon my life. God is faithful and truthful. He will touch you. I want you to walk in front. Come in front and we're going to hold hands and we're going to cry out and say, because God doesn't need many people. He needs people who are honest with themselves about the change they want to see, about the things they want God to begin to move. Let us be a habitation who, which can house a, the, the presence of God we don't need people to come from Africa. We need us to be accountable for this nation, for our area, for Bromley, for the place where you are. Can you please come in front? And as you come, I want you to hold a hand of the person next to you. And let us just join ourselves in that heart of prayer and begin to say, Lord, we need you. Please allow those people to come. You can, you can form behind. Just want us to. Hallelujah. I'm just going to touch Pastor Jonathan and I'm going, I'm, I'm going to release an anointing that comes upon you. But open your heart. Please, I'm, I'm begging you. I'm imploring you. Open your heart. <clears throat> Do not let religion crowd you. Do not let religion crowd you. But allow God to move upon you. Allow God, the spirit of the Lord is in here. He wants and desires to move upon us so that it's something new can begin to be birthed. Say these words with me before we pray. Say, Heavenly Father. I can't hear you say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Here I come. Here I come. I open my heart to you. I open my heart to you. Before you were just a God. You were just a God. But when you came to me, when you came to me, you became my father. You became my father. The relationship changed. The relationship I am your son. I am your son. I am your daughter. I am your daughter. Here I come. Here I come. Into this relationship. Into this relationship. Embrace me once again. Embrace me once again. Let that relationship be nurtured from this day. Every moment in my room, let there be an altar where I turn to you and build this relationship. 
and call upon you. And when I do, I am asking you, speak to me. Speak to me. Release your power. Release your anointing. Release your rema. Let it come into me. Bring the strategies that will change my environment, my circumstances, my region. Empower me, Lord. In Jesus' name, begin to pray. Begin to pray. If you can pray in the spirit, just begin to pray. Pray. Call upon him. Say, Lord, here I am. I need your anointing. I need your spirit. I need your power upon my life. Cry out to God. Father, empower. Empower your people, Lord God. Empower your people, my Lord. The things which have been holding us back and putting us, Lord God, on the back row. Lord, I, I draw them to come back to you, O oh God, and begin to release yourself in them. I pray for such an anointing, Lord, to come upon the crown of the gate of this place, O oh Lord. Father God, open the doors, the floodgates, O oh God, and once again, move in this land, O oh God, as you moved before. Lord, we are laying a claim for that, O oh God, so that you begin to do a, fun, a formidable work in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Give a clap of hand to the Lord. Give a mighty clap of hand to the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Amen.